0: I don't know anything about this. I haven't researched it whatsoever. I'm sorry. Uh, I've, I've got the Swift Insider
1: out. page up where I will, I will ask James questions, which I'm literally reading off Swift Insider to make me sound knowledgeable. <laughs> hey, folks. What are we drinking tonight?
2: So I am drinking a pompous ass English ale. Are you trying to say something there, Craig? <laughs> I don't know what I could possibly be saying.
3: Do you have any normal sounding drinks or do you just buy the ones with the most random names?
2: Um, so that is actually uh, my wife's department where uh, that's how she shops for beer for me. Is, like is, is
1: each beer like a review on your week by the wife? Um, <laughs> so so it, I'd like to say <laughs> you've not been your best week, Craig. Uh, here's your beer for the, for the evening, you pompous ass. Sorry, you're pompous ass.
3: james how about you um i have a very colorfully labeled bottle of malbec called um, asado and it's actually very tasty it is very pretty label you were showing us
1: earlier when we were recording the bit that you'll hear later um because we like to mess with time christopher nolan style and becca you
0: vodka tonic because i'm not exciting i'm gonna have to start getting something more interesting to drink for these things
1: (laughs) yes you will that's that's yeah. all I can say to that. And I, I'm on Thatcher's Hayes and in exactly the same. Um, I live in the West Country now and I have to drink cider. So there we go. Um, right, James Bailey, you, you've actually done a stupid sprinter's route um, this week. Um, so uh, just I'm going to caution all listeners in advance. We, we are going to talk about France World. And those of you that listen to the live stream know that James and I will mostly make bad puns about croissants. Um, and mention rollers lots so probably just skip through the bits where we're talking listen to craig and becker if you want sensible tips about swift racing anyway james where are we racing this week
3: so this weekend the herd summer racing league is a bit of a sprint fest we have two laps of deuce france which will see us have time segments for the balance sprint twice Aqueduct web twice, Parve Sprint twice, and the Marina Sprint once. There's also bonus points on offer for your finishing position in your category. The race is 49.1 kilometres long, and there are 269 metres of climbing. I raced this earlier, and seriously, it is a lot of fun. Where did you feel the pain? Um, Probably the hardest parts, like, as always, the start. Um, and... I think the, the aqueduct was probably the hardest one, and, and also probably my imaginary sprint that I made up um, about two kilometers before the long sprint. So I thought I saw the sprint line. Turns out it wasn't a sprint line at all. So after sort of 15, 20 seconds, I was like, hang on, where's the banner? <laughs> <laughs> had to slow down, wait for people to catch up, and then a kilometer later, I had to sprint again.
1: Craig and Becca, I'm just going to uh, imagine us to step into the horrific place that is James Bailey's mind at this point. I suspect that wasn't quite the full process, was it? I suspect there was a moment where he was congratulating himself on dropping the Watt bombs and an epic sprint. Look at that. They're eating my dust. They're nowhere to be seen. Ah,
2: <laughs> I've dropped everyone.
1: <laughs> Impossible to start it out unless you'd have gone for what, what sounds like about a two-kilometer solo Um impossible to start that one out james so uh, but we've we've so, all be, been there we've all made silly attacks
3: at the wrong place to be fair at like 750 watts i don't think anyone's really going to call that a mega watt bomb
1: i i would i mean that's 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 that, that would be huge for me go on um yeah i'm not
0: so, i would take that thanks
1: um so we go through the let's go through the route then um first obviously it's swift so the race starts quickly um, so work hard to stay in the group at the start we then go through the rollers uh don't we and they are i think it's know your trainer would probably be the best advice to give to people here like you can get caught out by the resistance train changing and your train trainer delay not updating in the same speed so some of the group can be doing what's that you're not doing as, as i understand it
3: I'd like to just quickly jump in, Steve, because um, as as a, um, a self confessed ruler, shouldn't you be exceptionally good at the rulers?
0: I don't think we decided that Steve was a ruler, did we? No, 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 no. He
3: he, he decided he was.
1: I uh, know you've you've got me there, and there is literally nowhere I can ask I'll go from that comment, James. So, um, <laughs> we did warn you. Um, so, yeah, w- what have we got to watch out for on these rollers? So, tra- trainer. Um, lag for want of a better word so that's when the resistance on your trainer hasn't caught up with the the uh uh, gradient that's the word i'm looking for in zwift so you are not putting as many watts down effectively or the resistance isn't changing so if your cadence is the same you're putting down original watts or somebody with the same cadence i'm really confused please somebody explain this whole rollers and trainer lag thing so
3: i think think the most important thing you can possibly do if your trainer has a three second lag expect to push hard to the top of the roller and then for another three seconds afterwards because after those three assuming you have a three second lag on the trainer that your trainer will think that you are now going downhill three seconds after you actually are so make sure you push over the top and you should be okay um but it, but it is if you've got a trainer with five second delay it makes things an awful lot harder and i have a trainer with about a five second delay which isn't fun sometimes
1: if the makers of the what bike atom are listening james would appreciate a new trainer um so craig you're you're an expert at this event becca you're just gonna go nails hard as nails just be at the front because you're awesome at riding um Craig, any tips here? You're quite good at also positioning in the group as well. What what's your tactic through the rollers?
2: Um, uh, it's kind of yeah, I I kind of learned it from the platypus, but uh, it, it's pump the rollers. It's uh, it could, it's the same as pumping on a mountain bike or a BMX. It's go hard, uh, up and over the top, and, and then kind of micro recover and then when you hit the bottom, you go hard again. It's a, uh, and you you can make up a lot of time. You can, you you can go really fast. And, uh, I mean, if you're riding with the group, because there is absolutely no reason to try and ride away from the group on this course, um, to, uh, you can be a little bit more efficient that way in putting out the power on the uphill.
1: And it was, it will certainly help you and so, James, I remember us going back a little while while to when France was fairly new and going the other way round. you you kind of have smaller rollers coming into Aqueduct, and we were both dropped at that point because I think we didn't manage the effort on the rollers well. We were playing catch up every time in the group, which meant that you were this sort of three to five seconds behind the group when they then put a big effort in and you haven't had that recovery, whereas that sounds like great advice to me. You, you go a little bit earlier, try and bump the rollers, and, and hopefully you, you micro-recover.
3: I think um, one of the things you do have to look out for is, in the first half of the lap, this is probably, if you're trying to stay at the front group, this is probably one of the only points in the first half of that lap where you can see splits. So just making sure that you're in touch with, certainly the front half of the front group, Just to make sure that if there is a split, you're not having to absolutely crucify yourself just to try and get back on.
2: Uh, I I think, sorry, I I was just going to say, like, this is the point where it is absolutely worth it to empty yourself to stay in the group here. Um, And that's, you you can, if you get lost uh, early on this course, you will be many, many, many minutes behind in a much shorter amount of time than you think possible.
3: In, in, in my race, I mean, um, so I think there are about 70 um, and the front group probably up until the Aqueduct was probably 50 strong. Um, and, and the guys that had dropped, the, the, the guys, the 20 guys who weren't in that front group probably all dropped off in so I think the key thing
1: is if you get dropped on the rollers, form a group, because we know the power of the draft, there's lots of points for sprints. You just need to be in a group going for these sprints today. Let's go to our resident sprinter, Becca. How are you teeing up these sprints today or, or tomorrow? Yeah, when did you I, ride? Are you riding tomorrow?
0: Yeah, I'm learning about this event as you guys are talking about it. So I'm really not the best person to ask. Plus knowing who's in my event tomorrow, there's no chance I'm winning any sprints whatsoever, but um i mean i will fully be expecting banner attacks in mind to split the group because there are certain individuals in the group who will prefer the group to be as small as possible by the time you get to the end so uh, it will be more sprinting and then hanging on rather than trying to get the best time you can perhaps possibly get because it will be of more benefit to stay in the group than it will be to uh, inevitably get dropped
1: so let's that's, that's just explain a couple of concepts there for for people who, who maybe aren't too aware of them so becca Becker- Genuinely, you're a lighter rider. You're a climber. Sprint's going to be hard on what's quite a flat course. We're going to expect the kind of people who can drop kind of thousands of watts in the sprint, or a thousand watts plus in the sprint, <laughs> to be in the group probably in the A's in your category. So they're they're probably going to be there and able to, to put down some pretty fast times for the for the fastest times primes. Um, And what you don't want to do is make the race too easy for them because they'll be able to stay with you over aqueduct, which is the kind of one opportunity as a, as a lighter rider, you've got to try and gap them. So you'll be thinking when people put their effort in through the sprint, you try and stay with them in the draft and then go nuts for about another 30 seconds afterwards. So attack after everyone's gone through the banner where people are trying to recover from their sprint effort. And and if there's somebody who's, spent a bit too much energy there, you might catch them out and drop them. Uh, and and the hope is that they're, they're some of the faster riders on the flat that you drop as well. Is that right?
0: It's more that I'm expecting certain people. I've got most of my ZRL team, admittedly, doing tomorrow's race, which isn't great because a lot of them are actually better than me. Um, so I should probably stop persuading them to do my races. And are you the Chris Freem
1: of your group, that kind of you're you're just trading on former glories then, is that the
0: Yeah, it's entirely. i'm no longer any good (laughs) um so i'm i'm expecting certain people i know in the race to be banner attacking so yeah i should probably stop saying this because i should stop giving away the tactics.
1: no becca does not expect any surprise banner attacks mysterious competitors of race um so uh, it's then flat and pretty dull we're gonna we're gonna there is no tactic other than sit at the back of the group don't get dropped expend minimum watts um bowser to the best of your ability and then we hit the aqueduct kom um which is basically a long sprint uh, you, it, although uh, our dutch listeners would claim it is a giant mountain um and many many meters tall um but it, it's basically about a 45 second to minute effort for most people um in a sprint I, I different tactics for different people most people go really really hard at the start um and then try and recover on the flat bit at the top other people i've seen this actually what would sort of time trial the bottom it, it, it depends a lot on positioning time trial the bottom to stay in the group and then sprint the flat bit because that's where you'll go faster um and catch people
3: up so do, the
2: second I, one is wrong <laughs>
3: You, will, if you If you absolutely hammer the hill, you will make more time up against your competition than you would do for going fast on, on the flat because the, the relative speed difference um, on, on the flat will be, it might look like you've got a bit of a gap, but, it, but the relative difference is minimal. Whereas if you're going sort of like seven, eight um, watts per kilo on, on the climb versus people who are doing four five, you're going to make up so much more time on them than you would do a relatively short flat flat spot.
1: Yeah, I'll be doing three watts per kilogram, so I'm getting dropped either way. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, like like most climbs, go hard on the steepest bits of the climb and less hard on the less steep bits of the climb is a good general rule of thumb, isn't it? But um, yeah, this one, Craig, it, it's quite an extreme. You're putting a face at me, disagreeing with that statement. Let's wait until a hilly stage and we can re- reignite this argument. So, Craig, you would agree with James? Go hard on the on the climby bit of Aqueduct
2: go hard on the whole thing i mean it's only 30 35 seconds it's it just go hard it's it's a sprint
1: hammer absolutely, the primes
2: absolutely hammer it it's uh yeah it's just another sprint it's the longest sprint on this course but it's a sprint
1: um and then it's not actually that far is it we go down aqueduct through a few more rollers um ideal place to make the downhill feather attack fans of that um and then we hit the parve sprint don't we
3: I think um, it's only about two kilometers and like after you've absolutely hammered the aqueduct that comes off up on you really 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 fast. So I'm, I'm going to ask a naive question here. Is the Parve
1: sprint even more advantageous to proper sprinters? so actually you know people who drop big watts um, rather than uh, punchier sprinters so lighter people who can get the watts per kilogram um, the same as those those heavier riders because oh, it's, it's, because it's, it's on Parve.
3: Uh, I, I don't really think the fact it's on parbo makes any difference i think the fact it's flat means that it's all about the watt bombs so if if you are a heavier rider able to stick out 12 1300 watts you will win these sprints rather than let's say someone lighter who's able to do 14 15 watts per kilo and only do 900 thousands um it, it's going to be the guy who does 13 1400 watts that wins the sprint because it's flat
0: So basically, you're saying I'm screwed tomorrow.
2: (laughs) I think it depends
3: entirely on how you position yourself.
2: I I think the Pave sprint is probably the one that you're at the biggest disadvantage, Becca, because that's where the draft is going to matter the least because of the increased rolling resistance.
0: Wonderful. I shall look forward to this even more.
2: Congratulations. Thank
1: you. For those who, uh, who didn't watch the feed, most of our build-up to the live feed would be James and I, bu- uh, sorry, Becca and I abusing James for his poor choice of route. So whichever route he chooses, we we just complain. Um, it's very British of us. The more we complain, the more we love you. Um, and then right next bit, nice flat bit um, for about kind of ten kilometers. It, it's it's flat before you hit the rollers again, isn't it? So that is just going to be sit in the bunch and recover um nobody's going to try any attacks are they i mean what's what's going to your your race seems like it's going to be full of attacks my race will be down in 50th well i'll probably be at two watts per kilogram by this point having a nice endurance ride in the bees um probably chatting to people on facebook i'll be honest but um becca craig james you've been at the front of races what what will that look like
3: slow i don't
2: know so there's there's two kind of ways this can go because I can see people watching and having and communicating on discord. And if, if the wrong person gets a little bit of a gap, uh, this could get really, really hard.
1: Oh, is captain shenanigans out again tomorrow. Craig, is that what you're saying?
2: Uh, no, it's, it's just a, I mean, I, I know there are some other teams and I I'm trying to get, our guys to do it a little bit more as well. They're chatting on Discord while they're racing, and if if another team's strongest rider is off the back by four or five meters, they're ready to go.
1: And that and that can happen. I mean, again, the other way around, but James, you and I had... Uh, I can't remember what the event was, but we were in France, and it was the bit before we got to the rollers, before the aqueduct, going the other way. There was just a random gap. We were at the back, a random gap opened up, and we both ended up having to do a bit of a sprint time trial effort to get back to the group. So those little gaps can still open. Um, if you'd have been feeling particularly mischievous, you'd have made the burrito one of the power-ups because I think that would have been a burrito in this section would be interesting because that would have killed the draft for people. You could you could actually deploy burritos in the middle of the pack and attack to try and mess with people, um, if you're doing team tactics. So there's my evil suggestion to, to you for, for future DS suggestions, today, James.
3: So just to quickly jump in on what, what happened in my race, uh, between, um, the, uh, what we, uh, Parve sprint and Marina sprints, um, in, in a very non-combative race. And, and let's be fair, it was very, very mellow. But um, I think we we might've had one sort of like semi-attack in the last five kilometers of race, but other than that, it was very gentle. Um, the, the the pace between um, Parve and Marina slowed down massively to the extent that the front group was probably holding 3-0, 3-1, um, and not much more than that. So it was very, very gentle, especially on the second lap. Um, but I'll I'll certainly be interested to see what happens in the 9am race tomorrow. How, how many attacks are going off the front? Um, I'm I'm sure it'll be great to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean it would be an interesting tactic to try if you had a group of eight or nine of you, and the and the pace was slowing down to um, the kind of minimum you'd expect in your category at the front group. So so you're talking about B's race there, James. Kind of threes, about the slowest the the front end of a B race ever goes really isn't it and whether you decided as a group of eight or nine of you right we'll do a 2 to 3 minute really hard effort as a, almost like a team time trial just to see if we shall anyone uh and that's individually that might mean kind of a 45 second effort each so am i burning that many matches could we get away with it that that would be it would be interesting to watch i'd hate it if it happened because the herds never organised enough to do this, and it's other teams that do this better against
3: us. Really, isn't it? Um, the sorry, uh, the, the one thing I did notice, and was slightly unrelated, but um, since the um, changes to like rider position and draft and all, all of that, um, the one thing I really noticed today is the moment I accidentally hit the front of a group, I was on the back of a group within five seconds, um, and so I was almost having to do like mini pulls because. I'd accidentally hit the front and I, I was very, very careful throughout the rest of the race to try and make sure that I did slow up before. If I was progressing through the group, I would slow down to try and stop myself hitting the front because the moment that I did, I would shoot backwards really quickly and then have to put out a really big effort just to stay in the group again, which is a bit weird. Um, but yeah, that's how it was. I mean, it's a
1: bit more like real life. If, I mean, Becky, you've probably done quite a few chain gangs. Like you hit the front, you hit the wind, you go backwards, if you stop pedaling.
0: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there used to be a section of our chain gang where it was quite a busy road. And if you were stuck on the front where the cars couldn't overtake, basically you were stuck there for like two or three minutes. And it was always the worst two or three minutes of your life because you were putting out so much more power than everyone else. And somehow nearly every chain gang I ended up on the front at this point. I swear they did it just to mess with me, but yeah, great. Chain
1: gangs. They're sort of back now in England, so that's fun. Yeah. I've I've still not braved in outdoors yet since the move um to the west. Um so let me go around again. Um so let's imagine we've done that. And then we hit the marina sprint, which is again pretty straightforward sprint. It's a slightly longer one. It's not we're not talking stupidly long desert sprint, but it's also not kind of the standard two fifty meter Swift sprint. So it's it's three three fifty, I think you were saying, James?
3: Three thirty. Yeah.
1: So it's a t- it's a twenty second sprint rather than a fifteen second sprint, I guess.
3: Yeah, I go with yeah. that, um, and it's just before you hang a right um, towards the finish banner. Um, but yeah, so you um, on. On the first lap, it's all about the time segment, whereas there is no time segment on the second lap. Obviously, that's the end of a race as well. So you could see some um, shenan- shenanigans going on. And um, if your name is uh, Stephen Pritchard, you'll probably want to go about 700 metres. Yeah. Far to go too about late. Far seven, too late. Always, always to attack about. on a kilometre, James. I will go at one
1: kilometre to go, to go and nowhere else.
3: I, I was trying to say, if your name is Stephen Pritchard, you probably want to go about 700 metres earlier. True, true, yeah.
1: 670 meters earlier, James. It's always at a kilometer. <laughs> and kudos to Marilyn and Gav, who completely knew that was happening in Paris last week and just came with me. Um, so, right, that's it. Bike choice. um I mean, obviously, on second bike choice.
0: Last week, I, I won S Works Venge and Rainbow Disc Wheels, and I'm probably going to do the same again this week. Um, so that's
1: that's your fastest flat bike. Yeah. For those of us who don't have posh wheels, yet. yeah.
2: Yeah, fastest fastest flat bike, definitely. And say for anybody that doesn't have the Venge and a disc wheel set, that is the Tron. Um, but either disc wheel set and the Venge is slightly faster. But we're we're talking we're talking about the sprints uh more than the more than the flats here it's it is about those tiny tiny little bits of time
1: and if you haven't got the tron and your low level is the air road probably still one of the better flat bikes here
2: so air road uh madone uh, there's a yellow one that's fast around level 20 ish Are these
1: any brands that you approve of? I could see Becca pulling a face at the Madone um, <laughs> and Trek in general
0: <laughs> I don't approve of any of them I don't approve of the fact that I have to use the S-Works Venge but I mean what has to be done to be done to win races these days? We um, just
1: we'll- need Colnago to pay Zwift money to make their bikes the fastest and then you would be a happy lady wouldn't
0: you? And I'll be fine we'll around, I'll take either <laughs>
1: Oh, not Pinarello.
2: Bianchi? Would Bianchi be acceptable?
1: Bianchi would be acceptable. Pinarello would yeah, be acceptable. I would take Bianchi. No, I, 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 Pinarello were ruined for me by the kind of Team Sky Daleks riding them and making racing really boring. But that's another podcast entirely. Um, cool. So we've done bike choice. Um, we've done routes. What else do we normally talk about? Um, I'm really tired this week and completely unprepared. Um, what What's should we talk annoyed about us
3: now? on Zwift this week?
2: To
0: be honest, I'm actually happy with the Zwift this week. Last week, I complained that they were taking weight and height from Zwift Power, and this week they have retracted that, and they are keeping weight and height on Zwift Power, at least for the time being. So, uh, yeah, no more very short people who weigh 25 kilos, or at least they're not going to get away with it for a little while longer.
3: I think for me, um, and, and this is a little bit picky, um, so obviously um, Zwift have announced this week they have a partnership with the IOC, um to deliver a um virtual olympic um racing series on Zwift um and we've basically said that we we all know there's going to be a Tokyo route um because they were talking about putting in a Tokyo route for the Olympic Games last year before they were suspended I I I would have loved to have seen Zwift say yeah we've got this amazing partnership with the IOC We've got this brilliant route. There's going to be two sprints. We've got a couple of KOMs in there. Here's the details of the route. Aren't you really excited? We're really, really, really excited to be able to give this to you. And we're going to talk to you about it and answer all your questions. But unfortunately, Zwift have just said, here's a press statement. If you ask us a question we can't answer, we're just going to say, we'll tell you in a month. And that's what's annoyed me about Zwift.
2: Craig. So. I'm not annoyed with Zwift this week. I, I it's it's really unusual, but I, I'm completely not annoyed with Zwift this week. I had a great ride outside on uh, earlier this week before we had several days of snow. Then we had several days of snow in April, which drive me drives me nuts. But and I had Zwift to ride on, so I'm very happy with Zwift this week.
1: I'm kind of sharing James's one slightly in that. Um, kind of, I saw the Olympic stuff be announced. And I think, I don't know, I, I'm kind of annoyed in, with Swift in advance because they've mentioned in there they're going to get rowing done. Um, and they're also going to get, like, I, I know I kind of jest about rowing will get done before they fix all the things that are broken that would actually be good about them fixing cycling. But like, running's been in beta mode for over a year now. I don't think running is not out of beta yet, is it? And They've said they'll fix that I'm kind of like, like, I think rowing's a bit of a joke, but kind of running. There are a lot of people that run. We know if a lot of people in the herd that like to run as well. I think a decent running mode would be good. My, my boss does running and he's like, yeah, it's great in beta, but it's kind of hasn't quite got the same community. It feels like with cycling. So I'm kind of annoyed with Zwift that like it's taken them this long to be like hey we've got these products that are in beta that people might like we might actually fix and oh we've got the olympics and i don't know it all feels a bit eh. but i'm going to talk about the thing that made me happy which is completely outside of swift um but i just want to celebrate an absolute rock star So anna van der breggen won her seventh flesh well on in a row last weekend anyone who watches cycling um this is the one that goes up the murder hui, and i think with the route this time they, they did it like five times this is the, the murder hui look it up it's an absolute wall i'd absolutely love it on zwift i'd ride it on 100 difficulty once cry probably destroy my knees and then ride it on 10 percent difficulty but it would be a great little climb to have uh on zwift um and i think that's what's annoyed me a little bit about a bit about zwift actually like you say james they've got this partnership we all pretty much know the world's are going to be a course that they choose to do like a few more courses like that so we could do some of the monuments some of the world courses like let's get some more worlds out so let's get some worlds going it's been a while since france um but my happy thing anna van der broegen and she's never going to she's retiring this year so she's won it seven times in a row and she said someone else can do it now so how lovely and absolute mm-hmm. hardcore rock star up the murder. um google it it's a, it's a hell of a climb And I think I think that's everything. I think the last thing I'm going to mention, um, we keep mentioning this when we chat afterwards. But the last thing I'd like to mention is that I'm, I'm pretty sure Craig is frozen. I'm really confused at this point, um, but no, he's just not moving. Um, so the last thing I'll mention is Discord. We've talked about it a few times tonight. Craig's talked about how people from other teams um, that we we don't like to mention. Sorry, Sean. Um, that that do this well um i think actually i would team shenanigans aside i would big up just it's quite fun on discord um when we did the stupidly long route around Wildtopia a few weeks ago i was talking to jody i was talking to claire um i was talking to another chap who i think was called david i'm sorry i've forgotten your name and none of us i i saw claire briefly at the end i didn't see jody for the whole race i didn't see this other chap for the whole race but we had a great time. We had a good laugh. We we're keeping each other company. Jodie was warning us how evil the hills were that were coming up. So it's just a fun, nice place to be on. It's a real shame that Zwift doesn't make it in-game. See previous rant. But yeah, go to Discord. Um, how do we find Discord, James?
3: It is um, bit.ly B-I-T forward slash her I think Discord. you
1: can say bit.ly. If, you don't, if you're listening to a podcast and you don't know what a bit.ly is, something's gone very wrong in your life. <laughs> fair enough
3: um so bit.ly forward slash her discord and quick shout out to the other guys um, and girls who were on um, her discord for race one tonight we had we had a good crowd um, and it certainly helps
1: cool and uh before we say goodbye i'm just gonna because i think we forgot to promo it at the start but stay tuned for a great chat with marius and how do you say his surname james it's scogan and you said it right first time as well. He'll, he'll verify that very soon after we stop talking now. But stay tuned for a great chat. Uh, grandfather of the herd, I pretty much say. He is, in the beginning, there was Marius and nine other people, um, and they founded the herd. Becca's just rolling her eyes at us. Good night, everyone.
3: Good night, everyone. Good night. Hey, everyone. So tonight we're joined by um, Marius Scogan, whose surname I've probably mispronounced. Um, (laughs) um, uh, Marius, as everyone I'm sure knows, is uh, one of the admins from the herd group. Um, But Marius, most importantly, what are you drinking tonight?
4: Hey, everyone. This is a can of (coughs) Rougog Elvis juice. Which is an uh, IPA, grapefruit infused IPA.
3: Marius, uh, give, given, sorry, Steve, um, give, given how expensive Norway is and especially imported beer into Norway, how much does one of those cans cost? Four pounds. Yeah, four yeah. euros. Four euros. I, I remember going to Trondheim when I was about 25. Um, it was middle of a summer, so it was drinking in the pub at two o'clock in the morning, and it was still light. Mm-hmm. Um, and paying six, equivalent uh, six pounds fifty for um, a pint of English lager,
4: which is fairly cheap these days. Uh, <laughs> wow. I think when you when you go out today, you especially if you go to a, like a real pub that serves real beer, like craft beer or stuff like that, you will often end up paying somewhere between eight and twelve. Uh, so plenty of time nice. at home for free drinks yep
1: and I've, I've heard Definitely. much like many of the herd events um, that james bailey organizes um the trick is to just go out and enjoy yourself and, and not worry <laughs> too much about how much it's costing you and how painful it is exactly <laughs> um i am saluting you from from the uk maris you're drinking what i would normally be drinking when we do the live commentary um so yeah, i'm a big fan of the elvis juice um, and Nate Home will also be a big fan because he's a shareholder, so you're putting money directly into his pocket. Um, so he'll be super chuffed. Anyway, I, I I often write about the time before the herd in my TTT reports, um, but apparently you were actually there, and then some people have claimed that my writing is in fact just fiction because I don't remember anything that happens on rides So, so tell us about this time and how the herd came into being.
4: So go back to the beginning I joined um there was a there was another group before the herd where sort of everyone who who started the herd met each other so that group um was started in 2017 uh, and I joined that group in October or November of 2017, like a month or something after I started Zwifting. So we all got to know each other and um, I started out sweeping. Um, then I got into leading and before you knew it, I was probably leading or sweeping three or four or five times a week. Um really enjoyed the camaraderie and, uh, and all that. Um, but then, you know, um, there was um, something with the um, leadership uh, from the other group that uh, wanted to go in a different direction than what I and uh, a lot of the other leaders wanted to. So we decided at one point to um, go our different ways and we started the herd and took most of the rides that we had with the with the other group over to the herd maris so, so, you, yeah.
3: you you mentioned um that you, you joined this other group um, a month after you started swifting what yeah. uh, what um what got you into swift in the first place
4: well <clears throat> um at the beginning of 2017, I was 125 kilos, and I had decided to to start exercising. So I started um, doing spin classes at my local uh, local uh, gym. Uh, that got really, really got me going. I, I started out like once or twice a week, and then it went up to three or four times a week, and then it was basically every every day uh, towards the end. Uh, My boss at work, um, he challenged me to sign up for a race in Oslo. Um, It was a 64-kilometer race, uh, so I bought a bike, um, uh, and I started racing, which was kind of cool. I I liked the way that uh, that I was able to push myself on a bike in, in a race situation. So when when October came, um, of course that's winter here in Norway. We it gets cold, it gets wet, snowy. Uh, as a as a beginner cyclist, you're not really into the whole uh, getting wet and cold kind of thing, <laughs> the first year. So so I started. You know, I I, I think I came across Zwift. Um, like randomly from, the, from a search or cycling search. Uh, I was searching for something online and then I came across Zwift and I, I, I looked into it. I went to my local bike shop. I bought a trainer um, which had smart in the name but what I didn't know was it didn't have any resistance. So the first, the first year I, I rode without resistance. Uh, it was one of those Kurt kinetic fluid um, road machine uh, things. Uh, brilliant piece of kit, very solid, but no resistance. So So basically that's that's how I got into Swift. I, I bought a trainer and just just went for it. So um, pe- people who,
3: unbelievably as if it's even possible but don't follow you on Instagram um or see your posts on Facebook um probably won't know you've been doing an awful lot of riding outside in the last couple of months um so I'm, I'm guessing it hasn't been quite as cold as we'd normally associate with Norway um tell us a little bit about um where you live and what the rides are like around where you are because obviously the scenery around you has been fantastic
4: yeah, um, I mean the whole riding out outdoors thing really took off last year. I think with uh, with COVID, uh, I needed to instead of just sitting out sitting inside all the time, I needed to get out. I needed to clear my head. I needed fresh air. I needed still needed exercise. Of course, you when when you're at the point of having lost 40 kilos, you just need to keep it going, so to say. So um, my slogan last year was uh, ride everything, which was basically me trying to push myself outdoors, um, even though the weather was cold, or it was raining, or whatever it was, I just needed to Push myself to get outdoors. So I live in a place called Larvik, which is about one and a half hours south uh, west of Oslo, along the coast. So it's it's very it's one of the places in in Norway that has the most uh, days of sunshine actually uh, during during the year.
1: Um, Isn't that a bit like saying it's one of the bits of the Titanic that was least sunk?
4: Uh. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was least wet. Mm -hmm. Um, We can be lucky and have winters here without snow. Like last year, I don't think we had any snow uh, except for maybe one week. Uh, So we were basically outdoors riding every weekend uh, and, you know, in, in winter, it's very dark early here. Um, it, it, it gets dark before you get off work. So there's there's no riding outside unless you like doing that, like riding in the dark, which I'm not really accustomed to yet. Um, but... Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of beautiful landscape here and uh, a lot of roads that we can ride. And there's n- not too much traffic if you stay off the really busy roads. Um, so a lot of options. I can go east, west, uh, north. Uh, not too much south, though, because we hit water pretty quickly. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of options. Uh, terrain-wise, it's it's very undulating, is that the right term? Undulating? Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, we don't really have any huge mountains around here, but it's, it's, it's a good bit of climbing. It's like, I've, I've tried to look, to look into this and it seems like on average, we have somewhere between 12 and 15 meters of climbing per kilometer. So it, it racks up pretty quickly uh, when you start going for longer rides. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. No, uh, that's that... good. So, <laughs> <laughs> was that the answer to your question, James? Yeah, no,
3: that's all good.
1: I mean, we're a bit stuck here because James and I don't, and Becca don't really understand what the cold is. But we have got a Canadian who, who probably understands that. And James and I, I don't really ride outside, so uh, I Becca's going to ask you questions about the outside. I think.
3: I <laughs> lived. I, I lived in Norway for five years.
1: Brilliant. You know These things cold are easily <laughs> forgotten. You're just a
3: man who lives in
1: Sheffield now, James. <laughs> um. So, Marius, you you obviously do the group rides in the herd and. I think a lot of people are encouraged from that to come and join the racing league, which James does a lot of the organization for. Um, and a lot of people come to that through the team time trials as well. Don't they? I think, but what, what would you say to people who are in the herd league who, uh, sorry, are in the herd group who are just doing the social rides at the moment, who are, who may be in the same boat you were in, they've joined Zwift. They haven't got resistance. They just want to do some exercise. What would you say to them about dipping the toe in the water of doing some
4: races on Zwift? I'd, I'd say go for it because racing is so much fun. You, as long as you have, have it in the back of your mind that you're only racing against yourself, that's the most important thing. You're racing against your own results. Um, If you, if you got that in the back of your mind, you, you're going to have a lot of fun, you know, just, just getting out there, uh, racing against yourself and against others. It's, it's so much fun and you push yourself in a way that you, you cannot do in, in any other setting is what I find. Talking talk,
3: talk about pushing yourself, Marius. Um, I I can certainly recall um, a couple of times being on a race with you. I think I was probably Cat C and you were in Cat B, and um, you were like, "Oh yeah, the main group's about ten seconds in front. I'm going to try and catch up," and 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 you did it. And I I couldn't believe you would actually managed to make ten seconds on the lead group, and you were absolutely spent.
4: That that's the that's the problem because you know I I don't race to to win anything. I don't, I, I don't care about medals or if I can beat someone by two seconds, if I can close a gap of five or 10 seconds, that makes me happy. If that ruins the rest of the race, so be it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. I've, I've done what I set out to do and I, I went as hard as I could and uh, yeah, and that's okay for me.
1: I think Maris has got maximum panache then uh, in the group. And, uh, you know, I'm a, fa- I'm a fan of doing things just because we we would get the sponsors watching, basically, if it was the Tour de France coverage uh, and not actually winning. Anyway, it's my excuse for not winning. But uh, it sounds like, you know, just randomly closing the gap to the group in front, that is panache. Isn't
3: <laughs> Marius. You, you probably know that um, our HBR or her beginner races over the, the, uh, the winter series were... Extremely popular, um, yeah. with, with, with um, thanks to some French people who came to join us. We had upwards of um, six, 700 people in one race. Um, and I know Gav, Gav Irons was um, particularly unimpressed by his lovely, quiet nine o'clock uh, Saturday morning getting ruined by 450 French triathletes <laughs> turning up. But um, I digress. Um, you initiated HBR originally, and it's definitely different to how it looks now. Um I recall there was a, a maximum average wattage of 2.5 watts per kilo.
4: Yeah, that's right. We we when we started it out, we wanted to do something completely different from what was on Zwift already. So we sort of took cat D and split that into four categories, um, which was uh, possible to do on Zwift Power, at, especially at the time. I, I, I've not been too active on Zwift Power lately, so I don't know if it's still possible. But they probably still have the eight categories that you can you can use on there.
3: That profile is still there.
4: Yeah. So we 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 started out with the top end ending at two point five. We wanted to make an environment that was really friendly to people who hadn't raced before, um, you know. Um, and, and then our our thing was like, okay, when you're when you top out in Cat A, which is 2.5, you're safe to go into real Zwift racing, like joining other uh, cat d or even cat c rides or races so that's sort of how we started and at one point we just we just had the three three races on saturday Yep. yeah i think yeah there were three time slots on, on saturday that we started out with
3: there was one on friday two on saturday um yeah okay yeah yeah
4: mm-hmm. So so this race coming up in 30 minutes, which was one of the first original time slots, right? Yep. And then the the noon race on Saturday and uh, the later one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, at one point we just... as, as the herd grew, it just became impossible to, to focus on it, everything. So I reached out to James and asked him if he would, because I'd seen his interest in, in racing and all the posting all the, on the racing league and all that. And I thought he would be a really good fit to, to sort of develop um, the racing league going forward he had a lot of ideas and stuff like that so i asked him if he wanted to be the race director (laughs) and thankfully he said yes and uh, has uh, made the racing league pretty much what it is today and with all of you other people helping out too that's uh, it's just been amazing to watch so because it's you, because it's not a,
1: a, a C category race racer win. Gotta come talk. Um, James will be far too modest to set, talk about this. Um, if it was a race win, he'd have already told us. By the way, um, but the 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 racing league James has gone from the numbers have just gone bonkers. I mean, I think COVID and lockdowns have made Swift numbers go bonkers anyway. But heard both the herd and the herd racing league seem to be well ahead of that, don't they? If we think if I uh, the numbers in the year. I've been around here have been like more than doubled haven't they um so how have the numbers changed in the last
3: year or two we we've, we've grown from 300 in April 2019 to I'm going to check I think we've just gone over 6000
4: in yeah, I think racing you're close to 6000 uh, um, I
3: think think we've gone over um how how big's um herd now is it 13 14000
4: so racing league is 6200 and the herd is 12,900. That's pretty incredible,
1: guys. I mean, much of this podcast is put aside to taking the mick out of James Bailey. But I think actually credit credit where it's due like, to the two of you and, and loads of the other people, all the people who sweep. People like Corey put together um, great post on the herd, do the kit. My kit's arrived. In fact, I'm going to go and change into it. Um, for the bit that we'll record later which will actually live a bit earlier um, so uh, yeah I mean credit to all you guys that's that's just incredible numbers and I think for me that's what keeps people on Zwift um, like I, I wouldn't have stuck with Zwift if it wasn't for the central community I found kind of it you go through periods I don't know Craig Becker if you've had the same you go through periods where you know like the outdoors is fun and life is fun and you're just a bit cheesed off with Zwift and it's not not doing it for you. And then you jump onto a ride with some people from the herd and you have a bit of chat and actually it's just a night, it's just having a nice ride with people who are also nice humans. So yeah, credit to you folks there.
2: So honestly, uh, uh, I, I was, I, I joined the uh, Zwift in 2018 for two months in the dead of Canadian winter. Um, then did the same thing again for two months in the dead of, 2019 winter and then in 20 and in 2019 actually i joined one herd ride and had a great time but it was right towards uh, the weather's getting okay and i i, I left swift paused, paused my membership and then in 2020 i kind of found that uh, the, the monday morning coffee with Corey ride again and uh jumped into the herd and then Found the racing league, which I I, I wouldn't have found. And uh, really, it's that's really what drew, drew me to Zwift was the herd and the herd racing league in the community. Um, I mean, other than that, it's a fun training tool, but not something that I would spend as much time on.
4: Yeah, it's it's exactly. It's not something that just keeps you going unless you have a, a sense of community, a sense of camaraderie. Uh, you know, uh, and I think the the great thing about the herd and what we've managed to create is the is the engagement we have. Uh, on a running sixty day average, we have more than more than ninety percent user engagement with almost now thirteen thousand members, which is the the, the numbers are just unheard of in virtual communities and uh facebook groups it's it's just crazy nice kit
1: thanks yeah i mean this is a podcast so people can't say i've just run to uh, change into my hair <laughs> kit and uh to get another drink um but that's crazy that's crazy high engagement we see the same. i mean we far smaller numbers so really dodgy stats but we see the same with the podcast kind of people listen to four people just rambling rather pointlessly about chasing pixels and yet people engage with it and listen to it which just blows me away but um i guess kind of so what's the best advice you'd have to people about swift like uh, or swift racing you've you've probably had thousands of conversations with people who have got worries what 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 would you say is the thing that comes up the most often that you're asked on on the group rides or anything about Zwift and what's the best advice you could give to people
4: I think the best advice I can give is is just like take it easy you know Uh, don't don't let this platform stress you out Um, there's a lot of people that get into stuff and they're stressed out about this or that and this doesn't work and there's a something something that goes wrong. And I just say, come on, take it easy. It's it's nothing to worry about. Um, um, Ask a question, we'll answer it. Uh, You know, use use the the power of the herd uh to help you uh, because it all the knowledge is out there within our group and it's a safe environment for everyone to use.
3: I think uh, one of one of my earlier memories of being in the herd, um, and and my 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 story was I got onto Zwift, um, I tried to do um, a group ride with a rival group, um, and I got dropped um, and I quit I quit straight away, um, and then I um, I found the herd on Facebook and joined through through them, um, and I did group group rides with them and it was brilliant, um, but one one of my um, sort of like almost inspirational things, was doing the, doing the Tour of topia in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. And the first six stages, you know, they're okay, generally about an hour, maybe a little bit more at my, my level of fitness at the time. Um, but stage seven was Utopia pretzel. And I, I took one look at that and went, nah, mate, no chance whatsoever. And then there are a bunch of people on the herd going, oh, I can't believe I've just managed to do it. And I was like, I can do this as well. I'm going to try it took me four and a half hours I averaged about 1.2 watts per kilo but I was so proud of myself when I did it and that was entirely down to the engagement for the rest of the herd community encouraging me to be able to do that and Mm -hmm. and obviously this happens to hundreds and thousands of people as well and
1: I think that's one of the cool things you've done recently i mean I, I when france world launched i remember just jumping into one of the the, the tour stages so you could do france World earlier and people i didn't even know had the tag just randomly mooing at each other on a stage was fantastic which credits the community but you, you've done a really cool thing recently with the tour of what you haven't you marius where you were deliberately waiting in the pen for a set amount of time and then riding together
4: yeah we started doing that um Actually, a couple of years ago, for for things like uh, Tour Watopia, Tour de Zwift. Um, we yeah we we just hang out in the pen uh, for two minutes after the start, so we can sort of let everyone else go, and then we'll set a uh, set a watt per kilogram to to go for uh i think i've done it like 1.5 or something which seems to be um seems to work for everyone um and we just ride together i i just try to be a leader without a beacon and then just you know send out some messages and try to engage everyone to stay together and then we ride the stages and yeah, it's, it's great fun. It's a great sense of community and there's a lot of mooing. <laughs> um,
3: when, when I had my interview with um, Swift Italy a couple of weeks ago, they're like, oh, so James, you're part of the herd. And then they started making moo noises. So it's, 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 it's well known throughout the community.
4: Yeah, it is. Absolutely.
1: And I, I would say, I think that is credit to you guys. I think uh, most people listening to this will have had experience of the internet and forums and they they soon become the lowest common denominator and people just hurling insults at each other and that just really doesn't see that the herd seems to be the complete opposite of that like it doesn't matter how many times somebody will ask a question that you've seen and you folk you and james would have seen hundreds more times than craig and Becker and i would have seen it and people just jump on and go hey here's the answer this way, find yeah. it. None of this, like, let me Google that for you. Kind of smart ass comments. It's, it's always really like, yeah, you're new. Here's where you find out. That's fine. Don't worry. Kind of, it's so reassuring. So, so credit to you, folks. There, Mar- Maris. Is there anyone else you'd want to to give a shout out to that um, you think's done a done a great job in kind of making the herd and the herd racing
4: league what they are today? Well, I already mentioned uh, James uh, for the work he's done uh, for the racing league. Uh, I think that's. Uh, just amazing um, for the herd in general. It's it's of course the um, the ten founders. They, uh, you know who you are, so I'm not going to mention all your names. Um, Corey, of course, for doing all the kit work uh, and uh, the uh, the work with uh, Primalware, uh, which is our our kit partner um all the sweeps and and leaders out there uh all the moderators uh fantastic and of course all the all the members Moo. <laughs> um
1: well great note to end on i think we should all just have to moo it to move at each other now to uh, finish this shouldn't we so uh uh thanks very much your time Maris, uh, and moo
4: moo 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 <laughs> <laughs>